Trading Nut, episode 18. There's two areas that you need to be careful as a trader, when you lose money and when you make money. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Simon Klein on the show. So Simon's a Forex trader based in Tel Aviv, and we're going to hear from him in a second. And in actual fact, what I like about this interview is, I mean, a lot of the things here, the quotes that he says in the interview, or well, I've pulled out a few quotes here, these quotes really resonate with me right this second. So one of them is... Don't focus on the money, focus on the process, and the money will take care of itself. So guys, how much how focused are you on the money at the moment? You gotta think you gotta think to yourself, how focused am I on the money? If you're focused on the money, then it's not the right thing, right? So and I know you're probably gonna try and trick yourself and say, I'm not focused on the money, when in actual fact you really know you are focused on it. You've almost got to 100% get yourself completely not focused on the money. And I'm saying like, you know, this not tricking yourself business because I've done it before where it's like I'm not focused on the money and then all of a sudden I'm like literally focused on the money, okay? So (laughs) guys, focus on the process is the key. So really be honest with yourselves in that space. Um, Right, the other one is... Once you actually here, once you track down what you're doing and you know what your results are, you'll eliminate what's you will eliminate what's not working for you. And if you left what is working for you, then you could be a successful trader. So this is another thing that's really hitting home here. So how many trades are you taking in a day and which ones are working and which ones aren't working? It's all about analyzing what's going on, especially with the manual trading stuff. So the automated robot trading stuff, I just let that tick along, okay? It's all the work that's done up front, you let that tick along. It's the manual stuff where you can really give yourself a real honed edge, something you can't automate, then that's what you need to analyze yourself and see what's working, what's not working. What I'm finding is... I'm able to sort of do one day of trading and then another day of trading and really analyze that day and go, right, what did I learn? What can I try the next day? What did I learn? What can I try the next day? And gradually evolving that to the point where I'm improving every single day. Okay, so this that's another great quote that he has in the show here. Um, and then last but not least, once you start to rely 100% on yourself, then you start to really develop as a trader. Now, I'm not saying start from the beginning and just, you know, completely do everything by yourself. There are ways to obviously advance what you're what you're doing in terms of um what am I trying to say here? Give yourself a head start by getting educated by somebody who knows how the market works. Now, um once you get that education, it's a case of not just relying on that person 
for everything and going, just give it to me. I would, I'd just tell me how you do it. It's a case of finding out what's going to work for you because, trust me, your ego is going to get in the way and you're going to think that you know better than the person that's teaching you who's actually doing well. Guys, so these are three quotes from the interview that really hit home. I think you're going to um, love this interview with Simon. He shares an awful lot. Um, I've done some of his course and I really did enjoy and learn a lot from what I heard and saw in, in his course. Um, so if you want to know, learn more and from Simon, then you've got a chance to find out more about the guy and then at the end of the show, hear how you can get access to some of his stuff. So guys, 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 um, before we get into it, I did mention robot trading. So the robots this um, start of the year have done really well so i'm really happy with the latest one i've released it's um i've done a couple of videos they're up on youtube part of the robot traders club um i basically spend my months building strategies testing them and seeing which ones have an edge in the market and then really honing in on those and doing back testing optimization um, to get some robots ready for my members to trade on a live account and the members get to follow the not just the back tests and the process that I use to create these but they also um, get to see the strategy get to learn the strategy get to see a live account and all the details and data around that live account so guys I put a free guide together um, go and check that out on tradingnut.com you'll see there under the robots heading there's a free guide you can download um, if you're already a member and you've got a login details, you can just log into the membership and that'll be there for you. But worthwhile checking out Robot Traders Club. We are going to get a handful of robots that are going to be sitting there just ticking over, earning pips, earning points, and just running in the background while you get on with the rest of your life. So guys, that's the goal here with the Robot Traders Club. Come on board. Um, it's only $7 to get in the door. And if you search around, I'm sure you'll find a promo code somewhere in there as well. Right. Um, last but not least, if you want to go the next level and actually start building your own robots, then I've also got the AutomateMyTrading.com, which is actually the doors are closing on that forever soon. As I relaunch the uh, the course with a new and improved course, and if you get in now, you're going to get it at the lowest price ever. And there's a whole bunch of bonuses in there. I'm not even going to list them off here, but there's a whole bunch of bonuses in there as well. So guys, go and check that out. Um, I'll put links in the show notes. Now, how's how's it going? One week on from mentioning that I was going to do a fast now. A fa I'll say that again. I was going to do a fast. Now I said that. Um, a little bit it was a little bit sort of like putting it out there in the universe and, and making sure that I'm going to do it because there were times within that week that I was like mm, maybe I'm not going to do it maybe I am going to do it and it wasn't until I had an opportunity I had a day where I'd ran out of some uh, ingredients that I put on my breakfast smoothie and I thought right here we go um, and it's only a 23 hour fast right so it's from one meal at dinner time to the next meal at dinner time so Woke up in the morning, didn't have the breakfast ingredients, which really annoys me normally, and I just stopped eating, right? I stopped eating, had a couple of drinks of, of water. Actually, I do like, I had three basil leaves the entire day, which I consider that a fast. I mean, come on, it's like living in the in the bush. Um, so today I probably won't have any basil leaves, and I don't know what, basil was just there, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to have one, because I fancied the taste of basil. Um, 
Today's my second day. I've got to say it was a massive headache throughout most of the day, which was probably the the sugar the sugar cravings kicking in. And um, I'm here on the second day. Now, I said to leave a comment in the show notes if you're keen to join in, and it was only, like, actually, I've got a comment. No, no mention of the fast, Chris. Um, and then I had one person ring me up, Peter Jolly. So, Peter, thanks for the phone call. Um, I think you spurred me on a little bit. You're also doing this fasting. So, guys, if you want to get on board with this, then check, um, leave a note in the comments, and, and I'll give you some motivation along the way. All right, so without further ado, let's, uh, let's hear from Simon and uh, this fantastic interview. Okay, guys, I've got Simon Klein on the call here from Israel, Jerusalem, uh, from Smart, uh, sorry, Trade Smart Forex. How's it going there, Simon? Yeah, it's great, Come, Great to be here. Now, it's taken us a while to get on this, uh, this call. I, I look back through the Skype messages, and it was March this year. We're now in December. Um, we all, and we even had a chat back then, which I can hardly remember anything of it. Uh, and we finally, after like postponing and you know, losing contact and regaining contact, we finally sort of come back on here. So, um, and I was really intrigued to get you back on because I, I think uh, the way that you initially um, spoke about how you sort of see the markets and how you how you uh, uh, teach people how to trade is very much what I've heard from other people um, that have come on the show and and other people that have that have taught me as well. So I think this should be a really good episode for helping those out there that, that want to work out how to do it, um, giving them a good roadmap to, to get there. So um, to start off, do you want to give us like your potted history of how you got into trading and where you got to where you are now? So let's start in university. So I went to University College London. I studied computer science. And as an undergraduate, I worked on a project to put mobile robots in outer space. I actually worked in, in, um, in neuro, neuroscience, neuroscience research. So I was with the third year medical students sitting in lectures to understand how the brain works. So I basically went on to design a neural network to model play cells in the hippocampus to solve a problem of environment recognition and localization. And the project was a joint project. I was working with postgraduates, and this was the problem of learning environments, of locating yourself in an environment. And that was used to put mobile robots into outer space. So that was kind of interesting. So I got interested in like, neuroscience and how the brain works, and everything else like that. And this was as an undergraduate. My first job out of university was working for Credit Suisse, and I worked in both London and New York. I started out in a special projects tactical application development team. So we worked on the business. We were basically the computer department without all the red tape. We could literally get projects done quickly according to the business requirements, and they usually became the strategic projects in the end anyway. One day I was in the gym and I met someone and we got talking and he offered me a job on the trading floor. And I went to my boss at the time and I told him, you know, for them, we were working in the office and front office was the trading floor and that was the place to be where all the action was. So I started working on the trading floor and that's where I kind of saw things firsthand. And how did, and, you, how did you make that decision? Did you just sort of like go, oh, man, that sounds good, oh, that sounds cool? Or did it, was there a monetary side to yeah. it that you thought, wow, I could make, you know, 100 times more than what I'm making just doing what I'm doing now? 
Yeah, the salaries were usually a lot higher and the bonuses were a lot higher as well, usually on the trading floor. That's where the money was generated. Cool. And so, so, so you, um, he, he, he gave you a job there and, um, I mean, what, why did he offer you a job given the fact you had no, no trading experience? Well, I actually started working in portfolio and risk analysis in emerging markets. So I didn't actually trade. I was working more on the on kind of supporting the traders. Ah. So he liked my skill set, and he said, no, I could do with you in my team. Ah, cool, cool. And how did that go? Uh, it went great until, uh, well, there's a, until, well, basically what happened was uh, one day the emerging, I was working in emerging markets, and I think the bank lost around $2 billion overnight, and they didn't know what was going on, and then there was a whole, you know, firing everyone, and and um, there was an internal fi- internal hiring freeze as well. So I went back to my old boss at the time, and I said to him, uh, his name was Greg, and um, I said to him, you know, look what's going on. He goes, he said to me, if there's ever any issues, come to me. I'll always give you your job back. So I went back, and the, I went back to my old job, and then the bank sent me to New York. So I started working in New York then. Oh, cool. And so how did you go on from there? So so you were learning from these traders. I mean, was it uh, were you learning the insider secrets to to the markets? Did this did this sort of set you up for the future, or was it? And um, not really. This different? just got me, I guess, um, to see a trading floor in a bank um, by actually working on it. And from there, I went on to to work at a number of proprietary trading firms, and um, I was learning how to trade there. I sat on the trading floor and learned from the experienced traders. And uh, initially I learned a system of trading which was like the specialist system. We were trading on New York Stock Exchange stocks. So we were learning to identify what the specialist on the New York Stock Exchange was doing. And then they they have access to more information than you in the order flow. And basically seeing what they were doing by watching the tape and the time in sales and the prints going off on the time in, on the time in sales. And using that to to understand what the specialist was doing and then kind of following on. And that's how I was originally taught to trade. Now, the problem with that is when the New York Stock Exchange went hybrid, part human, part computer, and the system that we were trading no longer worked. So it was like back to the drawing board. I need to learn something or come up with a way of trading that is timeless, that would I could learn this now and apply it forevermore, not something that would work just for a few months or for a few years, and then technology changes and uh, what you're doing no longer works. So I went back to the drawing board and uh, I worked for another, another, uh, a number of other trading floors and different firms that I worked for on the trading floor, different funds, and developed a way of an approach to the market um, over those years, that's how I trade nowadays. All oh, right, and um, and so did you have like guys who were feeding into the education that you you were you were using to to come up with this approach, or how did that happen? Uh, I I learned from the top traders on all the trading floors I worked I worked on and the companies that I work for. So, um, for example, I'll give you an example. I, I used to be very glued to the charts. And um, the guy who ran the fund that I work for 
called me over once and I said, no, I'm watching this trade. And he goes, come out, step outside now, you know, and, uh, you know, if you don't, you're out of it. So he basically taught me to detach from the charts that you can leave the trade alone. You know, I said, I don't have any stop in place. And he goes, don't worry about it. Just come out here. And he, and so I learned different things from different people over the years. Right. But eventually what happened is I switched off all the noise, switched everyone out, and I sat down by myself. And I'm like, okay, how do we do this? What do I need to know? And I came up with a way of, it kind of evolved over time, a way of putting everything together so I have everything that I need to be able to make decisions. And basically, it's coming down to learning how to read the market without any indicators. Take away all the indicators and just look at the price action, understand where supply and demand is in the market, understand what trend you're in, understand what the direction price is currently moving in, whether you should be on the buy side or sell side. And then it's about coming up with a strategy to take advantage of the odds when they're in your favor. And at the beginning, it's interesting. Uh, I remember as a beginning trader, you're searching for trades. You're looking at the market. Is that a trade? Is this a trade? And then eventually what happens as you become better, the trades find you. It's, it's kind of funny to say that, but you don't. You look at the market and it, it's there or it isn't. It jumps out to you or it doesn't. And uh, that's how I trade nowadays. And how, how fluid would you say your trading is? I mean, have you got like a, a set, like, you know, say five strategies that you'd pull out and use or... Is it, is it more dynamic than that? Um, it's more learning. It's more from a learning how to read the market basis, like read the market, understand what the market's doing, and then plug in a strategy. I've got two main strategies, one like a swing trading strategy and one a day trading strategy. It depends on how things set up. And sometimes the swing trading strategies may actually hit their targets in the day. So it's like a day swing trade or swing day trade. So it depends, you know, how long, sometimes it's the markets move to your targets very quickly and it can happen like in a very, you know, in a, in the matter of sometimes minutes, sometimes hours, and sometimes it might take a few days. But uh, again, I let them, the markets, that. that's not in my hands. So I basically approach trading from the look at the market, understand what the current scenario is and what the probabilities are and look what what could possibly play out and then look for clues as to which way the market's playing out. Once I can see that, then I'm looking to take my strategy and plug that into the market in order to enter the trade, manage my risk and manage the trade until it gets to the target or the stop for that matter. Okay. And, um, and so, so that's London, New York. How did you end up in Israel? (laughs) Um, Hey, we, I, I grew up in England and lived in the US and I, I came to Israel for a year when I was 18 and fell in love with the place and decided this is where I want to live. So I got married and quite a number, about almost 16 years ago and uh, decided with my wife that we'd move here and uh, we moved here. Well, cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, as that. and so when you moved there, were you, were you trading full time at that point? Uh, no, I wasn't uh, trading. Uh, I, I was uh, kind of teaching people, funny enough. Okay. Um, for the for the first like kind of year and a bit, and then I went into trading again. Okay. And and how did that sort of play out? Why did you make that decision to to sort of take the the brakes off for a second, or put the brake on for a second? 
Um, I wanted to do other things in my bucket list, so to say, other other things I wanted to achieve in life that had nothing to do with trading. Okay. So I did that. Okay. I took time out from work. I uh, quit Credit Suisse and I uh, kind of spent a number of years doing other things, and then I came back to trading. Cool. All right. So so um, let's let's get into the details around what your trading looks like today. So you've given us a, a smidgen of, of what you do, but. Um, you've got a swing trading style, you've got an intraday trading style. I mean, what time frames are you focused on on the intraday? Intraday, I'm basically using the one-hour time frame as a guide and entering trades on a 15 or 5-minute. And how many trades will you place in a day? Uh, maybe two or three. And is that is that across the entire day or is that just, um, are there a couple of sessions that you focus on? I trade primarily the uh, London Open uh, of the Forex and futures market um, and the US market, and, uh, which is, okay. yeah, what, what's all 8 a.m. local time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's, a, that's quite convenient. Um, and what's your risk-to-reward ratio looking like? Um, I'm looking for most trades at least two to one, but uh, sometimes get more. And uh, if I'm adding to trades, I can end up with a bigger win. With the, without increasing my risk. So I could start a trade off with a 2 to 1 and it could end up being a 5 to 1 trade because I'm adding to the trade as it moves in my favor. Okay. And do you do that every single time, adding to the positions? It depends how far. It depends on the market. It depends uh, you know, what the market conditions are. So in choppy sideways markets, no. In trending markets, yes. Right. Okay. So I adapt the way I manage the trades according to the market conditions. And, um, and what about the winning percentage? Yeah, my winning percentage at the moment, batting average, is seventy point six percent. So it's almost seven out of seven out of ten trades are winners. Cool. And you're going to ask me about what my average winner to average loser is at the moment? Two point four two. So average winner is two point four two times the average loser. Okay. So so that's uh, I think some people call that the R. So like, uh, uh, have you heard of that before? Which one? Um, they call it R. I think to, is it, is it R where it's like yeah. Our value is R is the dollar risk amount per trade. So yeah. Ah, oh, this yeah, I don't know. If, this is what I heard the other day. Anyway, some people in my chat are, are using it as well, like saying <laughs> um, two point four R for the day, which I mean this is how much I risk, and I made two point four on that. But anyway, let me not try and do maths on. Yeah, two point four R is the it's a, so so R is the amount of money you're risking per trade so it's so it hmm. levels the playing field so if you have two traders for example and you have one trader with a million dollar account and he says you know at the end of the day uh, i made five hundred dollars yeah and then you've got another trader with say a ten thousand dollar account and he at the end of the day made five hundred dollars who's a better trader yeah exactly yeah so it, it depends you want to look at how much money you're making um compared to what you're risking as opposed to how much money you're making overall yeah yeah, it doesn't, yeah. so it levels the playing field. Yeah. And um, how many instruments and what sort of instruments do you mainly focus on? So I mainly focus on the Forex and the foreign exchange major pairs, like the Euro, the Pound, um, the Aussie, um, Euro Yen, Dollar Yen, and the Swissy, Swiss Franc. Those are primarily what I focus on trading now. I also look at futures. I look at the um, E-minis, gold, um, oil and also Bitcoin, oh, Bitcoin okay. futures. Okay. Um, 
And talking about Bitcoin, let's uh, let's get your view on cryptocurrency trading. And uh, so you obviously trade them. Um, what are your what are your views on like? Uh, do you, well, how far do you stretch it? Bitcoin? Do you go do you go into Ethereum or anything like that? Or no, I just basically get Bitcoin, and I look at it in the same way as any other instrument I'm trading. I look at the charts, and it, I trade everything the same way. And, and I mean what... the. What about your what about your sort of predict, prediction on on Bitcoin's future and we sort of see it going? Have you got any views on that? Well, Bitcoin. We actually called almost every major move Bitcoin's made over the past year, which is kind of interesting. And the different levels. We called the crash when it broke the six thousand area and to where it is now. Oh, and which we was saw just it only a few happened. weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, once you yeah. know, we actually said what was going to happen before it happened. Or again, we don't know it's going to happen, but we know the odds are more likely it's going to go down and break the level than it is going to go up. And then you see it playing out. So that's how you really need to approach trading. It's a, it's playing odds. It's not nothing's a hundred percent, but over and over many times of seeing this scenario, how does it play out? And I've been trading for over fourteen years now, so I've seen almost. I think I've seen everything. A market can possibly do there's nothing any market can do that i haven't seen i've seen everything many times so you recognize different scenarios playing out that you've seen before and then your kind of brain kind of knows hey in this scenario this is what happens most of the time and then you look to pace a trade in that direction so i think there was a point with bitcoin which is interesting um at the moment bitcoin's been going down quite a lot and i think it's hovering around 3200 area at the moment if it goes down to a price level where it actually the cost of mining bitcoin is um, is more than the actual cost of bitcoin then it kind of will make bitcoin kind of redundant that would probably be the end of it right and i think it's getting pretty close to that now what what is the um do you know the actual figure i'm not sure exactly what the figure is oh, but okay. uh if it does get down to that level then it's almost worthless because oh, yeah. if it costs more to produce it to keep it running to mine it yeah. yeah then it actually and then it's actually worth then you're going to run any business at a loss yeah, it's, it's interesting i mean so you're now it's almost three for three in terms of um uh, guys who sort of think that there's a possibility that it's going to essentially just completely implode and disappear um so yeah who knows we'll find out eh we'll find out i mean i don't know what it's going to do yeah, yeah <laughs> I have no idea knows. what it's going to do yeah it could get bought up and go all the way up again that's another possibility but uh, at the moment uh, you know as a trader you look to see what it's doing at the moment yeah and what the odds are and where it's likely to go and and what about um icos and did you invest in any of those you you take any notice of them do you think it's sort of all um done and dusted now with with bitcoin's demise I'm not sure. I, I didn't really do anything my, with my with them myself personally, but I had friends that did that made money and lost money, and uh, um, yeah. Um, okay, so what what about your typical trading day? I mean, how does that look? Okay, so I kind of wake up quite early in the morning. Yeah, sometimes around five thirty in the mornings, five thirty six, and um, my trading day usually involves getting my kids ready for school. Um, spending a bit of time with them in the morning and then after that's all done I usually go to the gym um, or I go swimming or go for a cycle I'm very into kind of um, I've been exercising regularly for years and I think it's a very important part of the routine 
that you need to do to keep yourself in tip-top condition as a trader, to keep yourself physically fit. And after the gym, I usually come back, have breakfast, and then I sit down to start analyzing the charts. And kind of the gym and everything is my preparation from a physical kind of mental perspective. So I can sit down relaxed, alert, focused. And I look at the charts and I come up with a game plan for the day. And then I'm usually ready to trade usually uh, my local time around 10 a.m., which is 8 a.m. in London, which is London Open. So I usually start trading around then. And then I usually have um, mentoring and coaching sessions with clients. I usually have the live trading sessions maybe depending on who I'm working with. And uh, then I usually have lunch for that. And then I get ready to trade the US Open. And that's when I run my live trading room every day. We start at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, about half an hour before the market officially opens. And uh, we go through, I show you exactly how, how I'm preparing to trade. So we go through the charts, analyze, come up with a plan. And if there's anything to do during the hour we're trading, we take trades kind of right off the open. And if there isn't, we don't. So a lot of people have learned patience and learned discipline, learned that you don't need to be in a trade to actually be trading. Some, some people think they need to be in a trade. They mm. have this urge to be in a trade. And if they're not, then that's not trading. No. If you're trading at a level where the market tells you what to do, the market dictates to you. So that if you're on a day that the market's not showing you anything that looks like your trading edge, then there's nothing to do. So you just don't trade. And I always say to people, it's better to not be in a trade that you shouldn't be in than to be in that trade. Yeah. It's better to be on the sidelines than be in a trade you shouldn't be in. And if you can build that level of trust of yourself in yourself and discipline, then that could really help you move most traders moving forward to overcome a lot of the losses that uh, traders have by taking trades they shouldn't really take in the first place because of the need to be in a trade. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and I that's one of the things I've been doing recently actually is just saying uh, saying I don't know what I don't know I don't know if it's going up I don't know if it's going down so therefore I'm I can't I can't place a trade there's nothing I can do right I've got to be I've got to be out um, and the more I do that it's actually helped me sort of sit through hours and hours of charts without doing anything which is you know I've got to say be honest in the past it's been a struggle I've always I've been in that sort of mindset of Oh, if I'm trading, I've got to place a trade. You know, where's that trade? Um, and you force it. You force. You force trying to to find something that's that's either not there or, or is just high risk. Um, it's yeah. It's one of these. It's an interesting psychological thing that I think us humans are are prone to to fall a trap that we fall into. Um, it's funny. I spoke to yeah. a guy just in the weekend actually and I'm going to get him on the show he he um he was sort of saying similar things he'd he'd you know build up his account in a few days and then uh over the course of one day he'd overtrade and basically reduce it back to to where it was and then he realized that if I just stop and don't place any more trades I actually am um, start making money so <laughs> it's interesting isn't it I remember mentoring a trader a number of years ago and he traded both the US and the London session. And the London session, he generally lost money. And in the US session, he made money. And then he was kind of breaking even. So he said to me, is it okay if I don't trade that session? I said, do you want to work less and make money? <laughs> yeah. It's obvious. Once you, once you track what you're doing and you know what your results are, you eliminate what's not working for you. And if you're left with what is working with you, for you, yeah, then you, you can be a successful trader just by 
just by doing that, not by changing anything else, just by eliminating what's not working for you. Yeah. There's another important point that you mentioned, Cam, is that, that I think there's a, there's a huge psychological issue about thinking about money when you're trading. And again, I've t- talked to many traders and we all kind of share the same thing. If you focus on money when you're trading, it's detrimental to your trading. You must focus, be more process focused. Focus on the process and not the outcome of your trades. If you focus on doing the right thing within you know, the process of trading, the steps that you need to take to find good trades, to take the trades, to manage yourself, to manage the risk, to manage the trade, and focus on doing the right thing, trading well, then if you've got a strategy or strategies that, are, that have a positive expectancy, you will make money over time. If you focus on the money, then it usually breeds all sorts of psychological issues mm. You, you'll start over trading because you want to make more. You, you you need to reach a certain target. I remember way back when I'd done really well for the month and I needed to make just to get, you know, to get promoted to the next level, to get more buying power and whatever when I was working in, in, in this fund. And it, I had to make it before and I was a few dollars away from it. And I placed the trade and it kind of, it didn't work out in my favor because I forced it because I needed to make that extra. And uh, it was detrimental. Yeah. Uh, it's, and so, so I suppose with that, with that sort of little story there, I mean, what about? Um, I mean, how did your journey? How did your journey play out? And why? Why did you get to the point where, well, where you've got to now versus a lot of the other people out there who, you know, never get there? What was what? What made you different other than the fact you worked for a number of funds, which I think is quite different from most people. Yeah, and I, I learned from some of the best traders in the world as well. So, it, it, you know, a lot of the psychology approach by seeing – I remember walking around the trading floor once, and you would never see – you know, I used to watch the traders. I used to watch them in the, in the first, like, half an hour. I used to stand behind them and watch them trade on the trading floor, yeah? And I wish I would have done that even more so back then. I probably would have developed much quicker than actually trying to do it myself at the beginning without – you know, watching mm. these traders more. So I used to watch them, and there was two traders in, on the floor that used to be up anywhere between two to ten thousand dollars within the first half an hour of, tra- of the market open. Nine thirty open, the U.S. equity market, the opening bell, boom, 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 and they're up, and that's it. They're done. And um, what one thing I noticed sometimes is that they were down. Sometimes they'll be down a couple of thousand dollars, and I used to look at them, and I would notice no difference if they were up or down on their face. I didn't notice them, you know, throwing the keyboard out the window or, you know, uh, being upset or being happy or cheering when they made a good trade or, or anything. They just traded. And you can see that, that that's a kind of um, emotional or mental kind of balance you need to have when you're trading. It, it, you need to just follow your rules, follow your plan. And if you know you have a positive expectancy, you know that losing trades are just part of your winning system. It's just part of business. Yeah. And... Therefore, you don't attach, you know, too much meaning to them because, you know, in the end, you're going to win. Now, if you don't know what you're doing as a trader and you don't know if you're going to win in the end, then it's kind of then it's kind of you're going to have all those emotional issues because you don't know what you're doing. Like with anything in life, if you don't understand what you're doing and how to actually do it in the correct way, there is a correct way to approach trading that's universal depending, you know, across any type of trading. I mean, I've developed over the years like kind of this framework in which you can develop yourself as a trader using your trading plan trading log and trading journal and going through a step-by-step process trade by trade 
day by day, week by week, in order to develop yourself as a trader so you understand what's going on with yourself so you can improve. If you don't do that, and I just did a webinar recently and I asked people in the webinar, you know, how many people have a trading plan or how many people don't have a trading plan? And you'd be amazed at how many people kind of put their hand up or said, no, I don't. But yet they're trying to make money trading because they're focusing on making money, you know, because yeah. it looks easy for the people that do it, but they don't realize it's easy once you get there, but it's not easy to get there. Yeah. And and did did you have like a did you were you one of these guys who had like an aha moment where it was like I sort of I I, I just now I get it. And can you talk us through that if you did? Um. Well, I I started trading with a I have a, a general approach to everything in life is I have a never I never give up attitude. You know, I never give up. And I remember seeing just recently online, someone posted something which was kind of interesting, saying um, my, odds in, my odds are very high because I never give up. If you never give up, you're not a loser. Mm. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, if, <laughs> I'm not saying uh, if you're in a losing trade, don't close it down and just keep it open because you're not going to. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying from an attitude perspective, uh, people used to ask me, you know, when I was developing as a trader, what's your plan B? I said, I don't have a plan B. Plan A, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it work. I'm going to do what, whatever I need to do. And um, again, if you, once you realize what you need to do as a trader and, the, and you're more focus, focused on the process that you need to go through to develop yourself and the step-by-step -step process you need to go to to identify trades, a lot of people don't know how to identify trades or what they even, you know, a high probability scenario in the market looks like then a lot of the emotional issues will disappear and you build confidence. I just recently trained someone and uh, amazing, I saw potential in her and she took a $10,000 account to $50,000 in six months. I trained her um, briefly. She did some of my training at the beginning of the year in January and she's been making over $10,000 a month since. I mean, she had a month of over $16,000 and then you know, $14,000 or whatever. And she's trading like one hour a day. She works full time and really? she trades after work. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's got one, one basic setup that she trades and she just finds, she sees that setting up every single day and she does it and she knows exactly what she's doing. That's what I'm saying. She's got confidence. She's got patience. She doesn't take any trade that's not showing her her edge. And she's got discipline to follow a trading plan and she succeeds. And that breeds more success. Yeah, you know, and also you've got to be careful on that side of things as well, not to over trade and try and do beyond and think that, you know, what, you know, think that you've got to be humble with the success as well. So make sure you've got one of my trading mentors used to say there's two there's two areas that you need to be careful as a trader when you lose money and when you make money. So you've got to be careful on both sides. Yeah. You don't want to be overconfident when you make money and you don't want to kind of go down a bottomless pit um, and spiral out of control trying to make money back that you've lost. So you've got to be careful on both sides. Basically, the answer to everything is follow your trading plan. That you've proven makes you money over time. So I think that the attitude of never giving up and going through, there were times where <laughs> that were very, very difficult um, in my development as a trader. And a lot of aha moments happened once you realize that you just need to focus on the process as opposed to the outcome of it as opposed to making money. Just focus on the process of finding good trades. And I said this again, and it's so important. And f and keep track of yourself as a trader so you understand. I go back sometimes and I look at my trading journal from 10 years ago, and it's kind of interesting to see what I was thinking then, how they became, 
how I trade now from ideas and aha moments I had going, you know, way back when. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's it's that. Yeah, I always noticed when I was, sorry, I always noticed that when I was thinking about money, that was when I had losing days. So yeah. stop thinking about money. Even don't look at your P&L on the screen when you're trading. Yeah, yeah. That may be a good way. Focus more, you know, again on the, of how to find good trades write down when you have a trading idea what what exactly is that idea and why you're doing it i wrote copious notes and took pictures and a lot of them became you know how i train people nowadays yeah it's interesting hey? it's, uh, it's 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 almost like to, to become a trader you need to completely not focus on trading <laughs> If you know what I mean. What on the money side of well, it? No, just, well, just on, <laughs> just on. Uh, yeah, you just need to not focus on actual the actual art of placing trades. It's it's more yeah. I mean, if you if you take sort of if like I'm going to become a trader, and you did everything other than place a trade, you're going to be like a hundred times better off than if you were there do you know doing the act of trading of actually buying and selling. Um, whatever whatever instrument it is, so therefore you're sort of focusing on well, if I'm not doing that, then what am I doing? Well, I've got to back test and you know do do my journal and uh, demo trade perhaps, um, work out my strategy, work out where it fails, you know all this sort of stuff. And it's like it, it is one of these things. It's like if you're a trader, not trading is probably the biggest part. And we've heard it before on the show. And I think it's one of those things that people hear and nobody do, nobody does anything about and it doesn't matter how many times they hear it and then one day they might actually find that they have that you know they do take it on board and that's when it all starts to change um that's what i'm that's like that that is the the answer i think for anyone that's still still struggling out there it's trying to get over yourself to get to that point where you can you can actually progress by by focusing on the process um yeah on, exactly on that you have to get out of your own way <laughs> yeah exactly exactly on that it's, it's funny you mentioned that that trader of, of yours who um just had one one hour in the market one setup I, i've recently had um there was a guy that was uh he was in my my um group of traders uh and and under my mentor and he had a similar thing like one setup that's all he had was one setup and took a small account to about the same amount i think fifty fifty thousand and i'm not can't remember the amount of time but um yeah it was like one setup and it only took an hour hour and a half a day but in your in the back of your mind you sort of like most people think that's not possible though is it how can you how can you do that with with one setup but i think there's two examples that it is possible um, if you've got that one setup, you only need to be in the market once a day. You only need to have a, a, a risk to reward ratio in your favour, and and away you go. Um, a higher high enough win rate, and and your job's done. Um, yeah, yeah. So guys, listening, if if um, if you're toying with like you know three or four different strategies that you're trying to put into action, maybe just take one of them. Um, so so right, next question. Um, so it's. The next question is really sort of about if people have got they're working a day job and um, what what steps should they take to not well it says the question is start earning income as a trader but I suppose what steps should they take regardless of earning income or not? 
So firstly, I would say get an education. Be first and foremost, and this is kind of the backbone of trading, especially if you're technical trading and you're looking at charts, learn how to read the charts. I don't mean learn how to use 100 indicators. And uh, I remember I went through those days as well of having lots of indicators on the chart that you couldn't even see the, the price charts. And and being very confused that this indicator says buy, this one says sell. So what do I do? Do I take an average and, you know, do I take whatever the majority are saying? And 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 how can I do that consistently? And, and at the end of the day, I just threw all the indicators out. I used one indicator for one thing only. And it's this very specialist kind of strategy of, of um, trading um, basically bull and bear traps of bases that break out and fail. I trade them the other way. And the certain setup that I found that happens again and again with a very high degree of accuracy. It's almost like 90% likely to work in your favor. So if you see one of those setups, nine out of 10 times, you're going to make money on it. Um, so basically, first and foremost, learn how to read the charts. And then when you're looking at the charts, yeah, instead of trading at the beginning, just have an idea of what you think is likely to happen next and write it down and go and see, did the market do that? Mm. And see how well you can actually kind of predict what's likely to happen in the market. And then eventually the next stage will be, here's what the market is now. If the market does this thing, call it A, then the market's going to play out in this way. And if the market does B, a different thing, the market's going to play out in a different way. Now watch and see what the market does and then see how well you did. And that's one thing I do with a lot of my traders to build that level of trust in yourself and how well you are at predicting, how good you are at predicting the market, even though you don't really need to predict the market. You don't need to know what the market is going to do in order to make money consistently. You need to know what you're going to do if the market does something. Yeah, the market does this and shows you your edge. What are you doing? You know, that's what you... So focus primarily at the beginning on reading the charts, price action, the basic candlesticks, understand, I mean... The main things that I would focus on is supply and demand because that's the turning points. That's where the market's always going to turn. Market moves up in an uptrend and it hits a supply level. It's going to most often than not retrace. Understand when it's likely to break through the zone, when it's likely to turn. And remember, supply and demand are zones and not join the peaks and troughs. They're not lines. They're zones. They're areas on the chart. Once you learn how to read the charts, then you'll start to notice as you watch the charts certain things you start seeing again and again. From there, you can develop a strategy. If you start seeing certain scenarios playing out again and again, then you can write a strategy around that. So every time it happens, you're already noticing it and recognizing it. That's what your brain sees in the market. Then you can develop a strategy for that, and then you can actually test it in the market. You can back test it, and you can forward test it. You can test it, I would say, on a small account first. So write that down. You must have a trading plan. So you have to learn how to run a trading business. That's the second thing. Learn how to read the markets, then learn how to run a trading business. One, now, what I mean by running a trading business is having that framework of trading plan. So you have to know what goes into that. Trading log, how to log your trades and why you need to do that. And journaling your trades and journaling yourself as a trader. And the process you need to go through step by step. So part of how to run a trading business would be how to develop a strategy from your edge. How do you write it down? How do you test it? How do you prove that it has a positive expectancy? Every trader that I work with, we develop, if I work one-on-one -on -one with them, we develop a trading plan. We work on a trading plan that has a strategy, at least one strategy. We keep it, we start with one strategy. Keep it simple. Don't want to complicate it. Get good at one strategy and prove that it has a positive expectancy. That means over enough trades, for enough, high enough number of trades, you have an edge. 
once you have that, all you need to do is execute it in the live market in real time and go through that, you know, go through the process of taking trades, logging your trades, logging yourself, analyzing your results and then moving forward and, and improving. Now, here's one thing I would advise for every trader starting out. Once you start in trading live money, real money, a real account, you should start with a very small account and a small risk per trade. If you're trading the Forex market, you can start with a $1,000 account and risk $10 per trade. You can trade. When I first started trading, we didn't have the luxury of trading small size. It was, you know, standard lots and that was it. It was 100 shares. If you're trading shares, you couldn't trade in one share. You couldn't trade small. Nowadays, you can do that. So it's you can do the same thing small, and then once you've proven it works for you, why why would you commit to trading big risk per trade when you haven't proven your system works yet? Mm-hmm. So start small, prove it works, and then put money into it. As in one, and then you'll have the confidence, as opposed to trying to make money at the beginning when you don't know what you're doing. That breeds all kind of psychological issues and over trading and revenge trading. And everything else that you may be going through at the moment, stop that. Go come up with a way of reading the market. Learn how to read the market. Come up, derive from that a strategy that puts the odds in your favor for you. Go and test it in the market. Do it on a demo account initially, and then do it on a very small account. And go, and again, if you do that, you're not going to be focusing on making money because making $10, $20 on a trade is not going to be what you can live on. But you're going to be focusing on the process. Once you've got that down and you've built good habits by reinforcing the process that you need to go through again and again, and you see the results, now you can start putting money. That's exactly how how what this trader who turned 10000 to 50000 is exactly what she did. She proved herself first, and then she took real money into it mm. once she proved it works for her. Cool. So that's how I would advise anyone starting trading. Don't jump, in, jump into the next best strategy and the next best this. Be, instead of strategy-based, be reading the market-based. Learn how to read the market, yeah? It's a bit like learning how to drive, yeah? Be, be, understand the conditions on the road. Don't just learn how to drive the car. You have to adjust yourself in different, in different conditions. I remember I did my driving test in the snow in Manchester, in England, yeah? Yeah. And um, I learned how to do emergency stops and everything else like that. And uh, so it was time to do emergency stop in the tra- in in the in the driving test. So the driving instructor said, "I think we'll skip that this time." <laughs> 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 Can imagine a, a beginning, uh, you know, on the test, kind of skidding all over the place. So uh, yeah. we did everything else, but we didn't do an emergency stop. It wasn't the conditions for it. I mean, if you needed to do it, you'd obviously have to do it. But he didn't need to test me on that in those conditions. Too risky. Yeah. yeah. So. That's what I would um, do. Learn how to read the charts. Learn how to read the markets. Understand what you're looking at. Much Understand the conditions. And then derive a strategy. Understand how to run a trading business. Build a trading plan for yourself, a trading strategy. Test it. Trade it with a small size and build build up from that. And so it's quite interesting. I mean, a lot of, a lot of traders that come on the show uh, have found success with supply and demand trading, right? Or some derivative or, or hybrid of it um i mean is in your in your opinion is that sort of the once you find supply and demand you, you're sort of on the right track and get rid of the indicators i think so yeah yeah i think so and uh, the reason why is because it's timeless supply and demand has been around uh, since the beginning of time and it'll be around till the end of time and it explains price movement in any market if you can look at a market and understand supply and demand where it is 
and where it isn't, then you can understand, you know, where the market's going to likely turn or where it's going to go through. So if you get good at doing that, then you can manage risk better as well. Because if you're getting into a trade, for example, in demand, and it's a strong demand level that's likely going to turn the market around, then you can manage your risk by putting your stop on the other side of that demand zone and your target will be the next supply zone or zones, depending on what market you're in. In a sideways moving market, it'll be the next, probably the next supply zone at the top of the basing area. If you're in a trending market, you're going to try and hold it much longer and it's likely to break supply in uptrends, you break supply. So you have to understand again how to read the trend. So it's not just supply and demand, it's understanding trend, supply and demand and which direction the current market's moving in. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never asked anyone else on the show that question, actually. And I think it's something that listeners, if you're listening and you're sort of thinking, oh, I've, I've always sort of avoided supply and demand. Um, I think again, because eh, I, I, I sort of asked the question with the, the knowledge that I think that your answer was the answer I was expecting. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think a lot of people are out there saying, hey, this, you know, the root of being successful in the markets is supply and demand and if you can you can work that out then you actually don't need indicators and you can pretty much use price action and um and and it'll work back in time and and you know in the future as well so let's let's carry on with the show because we're we're getting um uh, coming up close to the hour uh so how much how much do you sort of rely on the fundamental news and um when it comes to your trading Oh, so nowadays, zero. I mean, I'm aware of it because I know when the news events are happening, um, but I'm more interested in the reaction in the market than what I think the reaction should be based on my understanding of the fundamental analysis. Again, I started out as a trader. We used to get to the trading floor maybe two two or three hours before the open. So we used to get there, you know, and when I was working on the trading floor, and we used to go through all the different news news items, upgrades, downgrades, and you know, we used to look at balance sheets as well and, and all these sorts of things to try and figure out what we think is going to happen based on that analysis. And sometimes you'd have good news um, and the market would just go down and sometimes bad news and the market would go up. And I didn't see any correlation between what the market was doing and what the news was or my underst- at least my understanding mm-hmm. of it. So I thought there must be something out there that I'm not privy to. I don't understand. So if I can understand what's happening in the market, do I need to understand why it's doing it? I need to understand what's happening, not really the reason why. And that's kind of the split between the fundamental and the technical. Technical is what's happening. Fundamental might be the reason why, but I'm not good enough at the the reason why. I'm not an economist or I, I'm not a uh, forensic accountant that I can go and see if something's over or undervalued. So I just look and see what's happening in price and I can understand you know, where the money's going. Price tells me what's happening. It, so if I can understand how to reprice, I don't need to know why it's going up or why it's going down. I just need to know if it's going up, I want to be a buyer. When am I getting in and when am I getting out and how am I managing my risk? And, and in terms of a, a price chart, I mean, what three things would you recommend somebody start studying on a price chart? So if they're, if they're looking at a price chart, I mean, what three things would you say – if, if there's three things to go and study, I'd go and research this and, and check out this on the, on a price chart. Right, so these are the three main things and the three main things that I have in my training as well. The first thing is trend analysis. Understand how to read a trend. Now again, understand how to use it using candlesticks. No, no indicators. Don't use moving averages. Moving averages are lagging indicators. The trend changes before the moving average tells you the trend change. And 
so move again moving averages are lagging indicators they're very good if you're i mean i used to trade with them way back when i don't trade with them anymore they're not on my charts and uh, just learn how using the candlesticks and pivot analysis when a trend is begun or when a trend ends more so the change of trends because if you've got a change of trend for example say you've got a downtrend and and you're in a demand zone that you've identified yeah mm. on a smaller time frame for example and you notice, hey, the trend changed now. I'm not longer in a downtrend, but I'm in demand. That may be a good indication that the market's going up. So one of the things is trend analysis. The second thing is supply and demand. Understand where the supply and demand zones are. Understand where they are in the market. Identify them. And again, in our training, we go through all the different types of supply and demand, and you learn to identify them and then how to rate them in terms of is, is it likely that price is going to go through the zone or is it likely that price is going to turn up the zone? And it depends on other factors. And the third thing I would look at is price direction analysis. Understand, for example, you can be in an uptrend but currently moving down. Wouldn't it be a good idea to know that you're in an uptrend and the current direction's down, but now it just changed to the upside. My direction now changed, my price direction. I'm now pointing up and I'm in an uptrend. Wouldn't that be a good place to get in when the change happens from down to up? Mm. And let's put it all together. You're in an uptrend and you're pulling back, so your price direction's down, yeah? Yeah. And, but you're in an uptrend. You pull back to a demand area. The lower time frame pullback is also a downtrend, yeah? It's in an uptrend on a bigger time frame, smaller time frame, downtrend, the pullback. So that's how you can reconcile. And also, this is multiple time frame analysis, understanding that the downtrend on the smaller time frame will likely end where the uptrend on the bigger time frame continues. And if that's in a demand zone, even better. But if you put that together with a price direction change, you're in an uptrend, down in demand, the trend changed on the smaller time frame, you're no longer, point, you're no longer in a downtrend, you're in demand, you're in an uptrend on the bigger time frame, and now you're pointing up. And you, wouldn't that be a great place to enter a trade? So that's exactly what we do. So three things, again, trend analysis, pivot analysis, price direction analysis, and supply demand analysis. Three things that you need to know, and the only three things you need to know. With uh, rewinding that last bit, guys, I'm going to have to do that myself. It was too quick for me to, to follow. <laughs> so let me go. I'll go one more time. Yeah. <laughs> you need three things to read any market on multiple time frames. Okay. The three things you need are trend analysis, understanding how to read the trend, pivot, which using pivots. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, that don't mean um, trader floor pivots. I mean, pivot analysis in the candlesticks. Yeah. So that's the first thing you need, trend analysis. The second thing you need is to understand price direction analysis understanding which direction price is currently moving and is it moving up or down and you can do that by looking at any of the charts and saying am i going up or down is price moving up or down and sometimes you can be on one time frame down and one time frame up again that's a multiple time frame analysis and the third thing you need to know is supply and demand where are those levels in the market where where is the market likely to turn where am i likely to get into the trade because i want to buy in demand most often and sell in supply so if I can put two together or all three together on multiple time frames, you can understand scenarios where the odds are in your favor and from there derive a strategy. So that's the only three things you need, to ne you need in order to read any market. Now, each of these by themselves could probably produce you like consistent profits if you get good. But put all three together where there's confluence and you can understand what you're looking at in the market and really understand it and understand in a deeper level, why price is moving the way it is. And I don't mean from a fundamental perspective, a technical perspective, in terms of supply and demand. So everything here is in terms of supply and demand. Supply and demand dictates trends where you're likely to break supply levels. In sideways markets, you're likely not. 
until you finally do. So again, the three things are trend analysis, price direction analysis, and supply and demand analysis. That's it. That's all the only three things you need in order to read any market. Get good at those and derive a strategy, you'll be okay. I got it that time. Um, I closed my <laughs> eyes, so I made sure I was, was picturing it all. Right, so we're going to go into a quick <laughs> okay. fire round. Uh, we're going to ask you a few questions to, to find out what made you a successful trader. So the first one is, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Well, there's kind of two rounds to that. When I was equity trading at the beginning, uh, it was quite quick. I was kind of um, gross positive at the beginning, but net negative after commissions and expenses. So it took me a few months really to get the basics of it. But when that stopped working, it took me a further probably around five years to really get um, to once I had to relearn and rebuild a way of trading and approach the markets about five years. What's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? So we've covered a bit of that already, but the first thing is knowing what you're doing and why. So if you understand what you're doing, you're confident in what you're doing. That's the first thing. Know how to trade. If you're trading, learn how to trade. And it sounds like kind of learning how to trade is not just taking a trade and buying and selling. It's the whole process you need to go through and that framework. Another few things, don't focus on the money. Focus on the process and the money will take care of itself. And once you know that your strategy has a positive expectancy, all you need to do is follow it. So all you need to do is just follow it. And again, that will kind of calm down any any uh, mental issues you may have. And a few other things are understanding that losing trades are part of a winning system. Yeah, once you yeah. come to that understanding that um, kind of that it's okay to have a losing trade. And if you have one, I usually say some, to some of my traders, if you get a losing trade and you're following your system, you did nothing wrong, just smile. It's just one of, just part of doing business, yeah? And the final thing is, and I think this is part on the journey of trading, is once you've got to that stage in your trading where you've made every single mistake that's possible to make, then you're no longer afraid of anything. You've done everything, you've done everything wrong at least once. So what are you afraid to do? You've done, you've made every error. So now let's go on and be successful. I think that um, that when I do my back testing, I don't want to lose trades, or when I'm looking for, for you know to create strategies. I think that's one of my issues is I don't want to lose a trade in a back test, as opposed to going, eh, that's the loss, and then you know. So I try and find a way to to work around the the loss when the actual fact that's what it is. It's the cost of doing business, right? Um, what's your favourite entry setup? Uh, we've mentioned a little bit of this before, but um, if the market's trending, for example, on an uptrend, and I get a pullback on a 60-minute chart to a demand area in the context of an uptrend, I like to buy that with a price direction change on a small time frame. So, and then just hold it as far as it goes, and if it's trending, I'll start adding on every pullback until it gets to the bigger time frame supply level if I'm on an uptrend, for example. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? You've sort of answered that, <laughs> scaling Yeah, in. so I basically exit at uh, predetermined supply areas if I'm buying and demand areas if I'm selling. So I put limit orders there ahead of time so that I don't even have to watch the trade. I've got an entry stop and target. So they kind of uh, take the trade and just walk away, set and forget. And then other types of trades, um, I'm going to be adding to the trades and moving my stop up as the trade starts moving in profit. I let the trade play out. And this, again, this is another very important uh, um, skill that traders need to learn. There's a difference between a pullback and my trade is not working. And once you get comfortable sitting through pullback, realize you're not losing money, it's going to go higher afterwards. And as it's pulling back, most 
losing traders, what they do is get out of the trade, it's not working, mm. and then watch it turn around and go even higher and they kick themselves, why didn't I stay in? So get used to understanding, and again, that's a skill. If you understand what scenario in the market is, it's normal for the market to move against me and it's going to go higher and possibly on that move down against me or move up if you're in a, um, a short position. So let's talk about the long position and move down against me. That's an opportunity to get in more. So again, there's two traders. One successful trader would buy on that pullback and the non-successful would sell to the one who's buying. We're saying, oh, it's not working. I'm getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your recommended trading book? Okay, so I've always wanted to say this uh, in, in a uh, kind of public forum, but uh, I say this all the time to my traders, that I think the best book you will ever read in trading is the book you write yourself, which is primarily what you build up from your trading journal. But that being said, there are some good books out there. And uh, I read, because some of my clients read uh, this book, I decided I'm going to read it. And I read it about a year ago, uh, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. And I think that's an excellent book. A lot of what he said jives well with my understanding of um, what I've built up over my experiences over the years. So, And it's exactly the same as what he says in the book. So maybe I wish I would have read that book right at the beginning. But uh, it probably wouldn't again, have it sets you up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I had to go through, you know, I had to go through that learning curve and uh, come to all those realizations on my own, and then to see someone write it in a book, hey, this is it, and yeah. it's like, okay, right, I, I guess uh, it's good validation. I, I read it many moons ago, and at the time, it was I had nothing tangible to to, to hang it against, and it was like now I look back and go, ah, oh, yeah, I see why he's saying all that stuff. I should have probably taken on board um all right next question if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering what would it be why and how could they go about mastering it yeah i think this is one of the i was thinking about this um i think this is one of the single most important things that you that you need to do is to write a trading journal and again that encompasses everything else and learn this is very important learn to rely on yourself and yourself alone don't rely on chat rooms don't rely on trading rooms the, the, once you start to rely 100% on yourself, then you start to really develop as a trader. Don't use crutches because if you rely on a trading room or a trading service or a signal service, when that, if that service was to disappear, then what are you going to do? You want to develop yourself as a trader by yourself. You need to build that self-confidence and self-trust, and the only way to do that is to actually do it without anything, any noise. Now, again, you need other people in your development as a trader to help you learn, but there is a stage that you need to go from learning, from education into actually doing it to actually start trading. And maybe a trading mentor may be able to help you navigate that next stage um, to help you put the whole process in place and to make sure you're doing it correctly step by step. So in short, what you need to do is write down why you're taking every action you take in the market and what are you thinking and what are you feeling at every stage. So if you make it, take an action, write down why and write down what's going through your emotions and what you're thinking about and why you're doing it. Then you'll be able to go back later and look at the trade, for example, and see, why did I do that? I got out of the trade too soon. Why? And then you write down, I was worried about losing money. Ah, so you know what you need to work on. And then the mm -hmm. trade went on to a massive target. I'm not in it. Why? Because I was worried about losing money. Ah, need to work on that. Yeah. Um, what's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I don't really recommend any particular brokers. Uh, I think I'm kind of broker um, neutral, Agnostic. but I do like, I use myself, Think or Swim, for charting. I kind of like the platform. I've been using it for years. What was the so worst? So that's not a recommendation. No, nah, that's all right. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, 
What was your worst trade ever? Um, probably thinking I was knowing what I was doing uh, when I was trading uh, equities and uh, wanting to get into a pre-market um, position. So I did get into a pre-market position and it was kind of, I picked the price and it disappeared and the whole market plummeted and I was like kind of down big time before the market opened. And um, I didn't know about pre-market trading. That's when usually about half an hour before the market opens, you start getting uh, prices. So I thought, okay, let's try that. And I took a big took a big hit and decided that wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, right, last question. If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah. Here's, learn how to trade before you start trading and focus on the process and not the money. Guys, it's easier said than done. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so just got to ask yourself that question every day, every single time you step in front of a price chart. <laughs> I think you could, if you replay that every single time you step in front of front of a price chart, it's going to do wonders. Um, right now, the last question I usually ask is around a full trading strategy. But look, I, th- I think you've you've sort of if if you guys go back and have a listen to the show, you'll you'll hear uh, Simon go through what you could apply to a um, uh, in in what you're doing at the moment. Now, I wonder if um, would we be able to get like a, a visual of, of some of the stuff you've discussed here that we can just uh, just chuck up in the show notes, Simon? Um, ah, like so a price chart example you... or something like that. Oh, you want me to show up show a chart now? Oh, not now, but just um, just like after the show, <laughs> we could we could send one through and chuck it up in the show notes so that people can um, go and check it out. Sure, you can go to my website, uh, tradesmart4x.com. That's the number four. So T-R-A-D-E-S-M-A-R-T, the number four, then the next, dot .com. It's a website. Uh, you can go there. There's uh, have a YouTube channel as well, which you can get to from our website. And uh, you can see examples of uh, analyzing the market. You can see examples of some, I've got uh, some live trades I've done. I took uh, videos as I'm in the trade explaining and what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, so you can go there and get a get an impression of uh, of um of what I do and um, how I'm doing it. There's also, you can go to the main website as well and you can uh, learn how to build a profitable trading strategy as uh, kind of on the main main page. You can put in your email and, and uh, you'll get access to a video which will take you through the main things you need to consider when building a trading strategy. Brilliant, superb. Or you can email me at simon at tracemart4x.com as well and I'd be happy to to hear what you have to say and maybe how I may be able to help you on your journey to become a successful trader. Cool. Brilliant. Well, look, uh, I'll tell you what, we might just, um, I might grab one of the videos off your YouTube channel, check it up in the show notes for the guys if, and see if it sort of relates to, um, try and find something that relates to what you've discussed in the show today. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on here, Simon. Um, I wish you all the best for the future. Um, and, Guys, if you do want to check out the show notes, we're going to have the show uh, scripted so you'll see all the little quotes from the show. So really easy to go in there and find out the timestamps, when it's all happened, um, so you can come back in here and and listen to it. So um, big thanks to Simon for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here are going to be in those show notes. Just find them. Simply search for Simon in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success.
All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that interview with Simon. Now, he did. we did have a great chat afterwards, and um, he get, did give me access to some of his course, which I've got to say was enlightening. It did really um, shed some light on some of the things that I hadn't really understood before. So go and check it out um, over there. And um, remember, you've got the free guide that you can download for the Robot Traders Club. It's having a great start to the year with the latest robot, which has made 20% um, in the first couple of weeks of the year, which I'm really, really happy about. Uh, Check that out. And uh, also, while you're there, check out automatemytrading.com. So if you want to build your own robots, if you want to have that skill, that talent to build your own automated robots, test them over however many years of data you want to test them over, and whatever peers want to test over, whatever strategies you want to develop, then um, check it out at automatemytrading.com before the whole thing disappears and uh, I might do my revamp, okay? So this is the best deal you're going to get at automatemytrading.com. So go and check that out as well, guys. I'll put some links in the show notes. So YouTube, Robot Traders Club, and automatemytrading.com. Check them all out. All right, folks, until next week, have a great trading week, and I'll see you in the markets.